the Buck Off Podcast with Lane Grant. Hosted by Christopher Rennie and joined by Jordan Williams. Welcome in everybody, this is your host Christopher Rennie bringing you a special holiday Christmas edition of Fuck Off, releasing on Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I am here as always with Jordan Williams, but this time around we're bringing you holiday cheer. How you doing today, Jordan? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm off work. I know that's most people aren't, but I, I'm off work, benefits of working in colleges. Um so I, I've been trying to catch up on some stuff, watch some bowl games. Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I got one more day of work left. By the time you guys listen to this, I'll be done with it. So uh, that's irrelevant at this point. But it's the holiday season. I'm excited. Uh, Christmas time uh, doesn't doesn't really feel that Christmassy right now outside in Ohio. I'm just looking out the window, I still see grass. Uh, I think it's only snowed once or twice in Columbus. So I'd like I'd like to see a little bit more snow. Uh, kind of get that Christmas vibe going a little bit, that Hallmark movie vibe going a little bit more. But overall, I'm excited. I, I mean, the holidays are they're great. Uh, I'm excited to be talking football here with you as always, and I think we've got a really fun show today. So I hope you guys are ready to listen to some of our holiday favorites, our 22 or 2022 season wish list, and then. Uh, we're giving out some lumps of coal before we get into some other topics. Uh, yeah, Jordan. So if you want, uh, you want to get started with some of our holiday favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing on here is movies. And I just, I feel like there's only one correct answer and like nobody agrees with me and it's fine. Everyone else is just wrong. Um, the only Christmas movie that really genuinely matters, especially because a lot of people make this is a conversation we can get into is any movie that revolves around Christmas, a Christmas movie, like is the Die Hard a Christmas movie is, you know what I mean? Like we can yeah. get into that later. Yeah, I personally later. think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I See, uh, it's, it's like, for me. There's like, I get what you're saying. Like there's movies that are Christmas movies and then there's movies that are Christmas adjacent. Yeah. And so the only Christmas movie that really matters is a Christmas story. It is easily the best Christmas movie out. And I watch it every, it's actually the only Christmas movie that is like guaranteed to happen in my house. Like, unless someone else is watching it, it's the only one that I'm guaranteed to watch is a Christmas story. That, that movie is hilarious. Yeah. I'm definitely a big fan of the 24 hour loop of a Christmas story. I'll find myself I'll watch the I'll watch the first one whenever it comes on at like 9 p.m. like on Christmas Eve or whatever. And then I'll wake up in the morning. I'll see it on again. I'll be like, huh. And then I'll get kind of tired of it around like lunchtime, like two o'clock. And then it'll get to like seven. I'll be like, I only get to watch it this time of year. Let's enjoy it one more time before the day ends. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many like good things like you'll shoot your eye out kid like yes st- like there's so many like uh there's so many good things in that movie yeah and, um and it's one of those movies you can kind of jump in at any part and like there's good stuff to watch it's not like you need to watch it from beginning to end every single time for it to make sense it's kind of like cut into different parts throughout and you're like all right sweet i just watch this part and then i come back later watch another part 
Yeah, it's yeah. It, I mean, it's excellent. It's been out forever, so we're not ruining anything. But like, you know, getting stuck to the pole, the the fight scene, um, him cussing, like the leg lamp, like it's just there's so much in that movie. It's just like um, a, a crazy amount of like relatability in those scenes too, like the double dog dare, the sticky. I I know like when you're eight or nine, you're you're dumb. So like, I think everyone's had at least attempted or had a friend attempt to do that. You know, the first time you curse in front of your parents and you're just like, uh oh, that's not gonna end well. <laughs> and then like the, your parents immediately calling other parents like <laughs> Where'd you learn where'd you learn that word? He said he learned it from you. That, that's just a, that's a classic. I oh man, that's funny. I, I, I don't know. I mean I was trying to think of it and I think a Christmas story is where I landed too. I like movies. I mean my girlfriend's a big Hallmark movie person. She likes those cheesy ones. And then I, I, I personally, I'm, a, I'm into those comedies. I liked uh, Four Christmases. I think that movie speaks to me that, a little that bit. That movie's pretty funny. Uh, my fiance actually just watched that one. I was just, I was literally when she was watching it, I was telling her, I was like, if you ask me, I don't like romantic comedies, but there are like a couple that are actually like really, really funny, and it's like you don't even realize it's a romantic comedy. And like Four Christmases is hilarious. Yeah, like that's it, a good, that's a funny movie. <laughs> You got John Favreau playing the brother that's just like, you know, like everyone has that brother who gets under your skin for whatever reason or that sibling who gets under your skin for like no good reason at all. They're just like they get under your skin, but like it's hilarious at the same time. Uh, I like Christmas Vacation. Uh, It's been a while since I watched it, obviously, because it's a Christmas movie. So it's been at least a year. Uh, But I, I think what other movies on the list are there that you like really enjoy? I mean, okay, so so is Home Alone a Christmas movie or is it Christmas adjacent? I think Home Alone's. A, I think a lot of people consider that a Christmas movie. So that one, those ones have to be on the list. I I still think. Um, I, I know a lot of people like three. Uh, not two. I think a lot. Of, I know a lot of people like two. But Home Alone three. That's the best one, isn't it? Am I getting them mixed up, or is it the first one? Uh, Home Alone. Uh, I think Home Alone's the best, where he's at his the, actual the, house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one uh, you felt the animals. Yeah. And then Home yeah, Alone 2 is in New York City. That one's decent. The original Home Alone is the best one. For sure. Yeah, I think that one's I think I agree with that. I think that's the best one. I think I think Home Alone's probably one that our generation holds much more dear than a lot of others. I think that's one of the favorites for people our age. Yeah, that's one of the, I can't think of his name right now, and I do this all the time. Anyone who listens to this knows that. But oh no, I remember it's Macaulay Culkin, right? Yeah, that's yeah. one of those movies he could have never acted again in his entire life, and he'll always be famous from our generation in that movie. Yeah, like it doesn't like he. I don't even know if he's acted again, but he, like he's Home Alone. Like that's him. Those little those three movies, um, and he's gonna be famous forever. And I mean, the residual checks for that got oh, yeah. be crazy. It's similar to Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, All I Want for Christmas is You. Like every single year come December 1st, Macaulay Calkins getting a check. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same with whoever the actors are in A Christmas Story. I mean, there's a lot of people getting a check right now. Uh, Jim Carrey's getting a check for The Grinch. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, this was one thing I watched with my younger sisters. I watched the Grinch movie, the uh, original one, and I only saw a part of it. So I made my girlfriend watch it with me, the Illumination one, and I thought it was a really good movie. Honestly, I liked. Uh, I'm pretty sure Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, plays the Grinch, if I recall. So I don't know. Christmas movies are good. There's obviously a lot of range. Uh, I think. I think it's just it's just a good time of year. It's funny how, you know, there's not too many holiday movies out like that aren't Christmas movies. You know, there's like a few Halloween movies. I think that's the second best, like most holiday movies. But Christmas really has such a wide variety of different types of movies. Yeah. And like Halloween movies are largely scary, Um, which is whatever, because there's a decent amount of them that are actually good. But like Christmas is definitely like where it's about Christmas. Um, oh, one that I forgot, which it's not necessarily that I watch it often, but it is a, a pretty solid one. This Christmas, the one that has um, Chris Brown and all of them in there. Oh, have you seen yes. that one? I have not seen that, that one, one, I don't think. Oh, you got to see that one. That one, I just, just being truthful, that one maybe honestly maybe a little bit more popular among black people. Um but that's a good movie. It's pretty funny. Uh, it was before Chris Brown was Chris Brown that he is today when he was still like likable. Um, he was kind of so. acting and singing and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, before, yeah, yeah. Uh, be we don't need to talk all about the, what he did, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you, you hear Chris Brown, the first let's, thing you're bringing let's 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 Christmas spirit, Christmas spirit. We'll move on from that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I haven't got my fix in on like the cheesy ones this year. So I think me and my girlfriend are probably going to have to get caught up on those. But yeah, you know, I, you know, Thanksgiving's the food one. We talked about Thanksgiving food on that episode. Christmas. Does your family have like any Christmas treats or anything that are regulars in in your household? Uh, not really, honestly. Um, like most of my Christmases growing up were spent on like not in Ohio. So like we were, we didn't do a whole lot cause we were traveling. Um, I'm trying to think like, no, I can't really think of anything. A lot of the, the Christmas traditions that I think of now involve my fiance. Cause we've been together for so long. We've spent like seven Christmases together. So I'm trying to think of what her family does. I always spend it with them. I mean, they always eat. I don't know if there's anything in particular. I know there is for like new year's, um, her dad makes pulled pork every year mm. for New Year's. Um, but Good I man. can't think of any like staples for Christmas. Um, I'm probably just forgetting something. I just know the food's always good. Yeah. So that's really all that matters to me. That's kind of how it is. Like, I think like you get your classic Christmas ham and just the normal sides and junk food that like come like cookies and all that stuff, but they're all Christmas themed. I mean, mac and cheese is always there. Yeah. So. Can't be mad about that. I, I, so. Uh, being from California, um, I'm around a lot of Mexican food. Uh, my one of my aunts makes these tamales that are just incredible. Almost every year around Christmas, and whether it's on Christmas Day or around when like our family would do Christmas stuff, like there'd be incredible tamales there. So like being in Ohio, I'm gonna miss those tamales, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt my soul a little bit. But like I think the memory will do. Honestly, they're that good. Yeah, no, I definitely. Um, that sounds amazing. I think we're kind of at the age where it's like, unless there's little kids in your family, you either moved away or, you know, you're older or whatever. So like Christmas traditions have kind of like 
gotten away from a little bit and like everyone's waiting on you to have kids to start it up again yeah um, with, yeah so that makes sense <laughs> That's kind of that's kind of where we're at. There's not a whole lot of little kids around, um, so yeah, we'll probably like as far as traditions. I kind of at the point where it's like whenever whenever that happens, looking looking taking notes, trying to see which ones you want to start up. Um, oh, there is one. I, I just thought of it. Uh, my fiance's uncle cooks breakfast on Christmas. Oh yeah, that's a good. Um, one. And has people over, so I don't I don't really think they exchange gifts um, at that point. But it's just kind of like a before. You know, you go back with your your immediate family. You know, um, they get a lot of people come to um, her uncle's house and they eat breakfast, hang out for a little bit as kind of the whole family, and then everyone goes there to their separate houses with their more immediate family, kids, grandkids, that kind of stuff. And then some people do come over to her parents' house later for dinner. So there's kind of a couple of touch points with like the whole family, and, and then some time to kind of you know. Yeah. Be, to like open presents, you're not doing that in front of everyone. That's I think good. it's how they do it. Um, so, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I I'm excited. My girlfriend actually tried to make a nice little tradition out of thin air this year, and we're doing a pie bake off. So, I think that'll mm. be fun. And you know, you can never have too many desserts around. So, I think that's going to work out. Are Are you actually baking a pie, or just she baking a pie? I'm baking a pie. So, what I, are you baking? I'm going to make. Uh, it's going to be a vanilla cream pie, but I'm putting a little spin okay. on it. I'm going to make it a horchata cream pie. So it's going to be a vanilla cream pie, but I'm going to add a lot of cinnamon and try to get a little bit of Mexican flavors because I'm trying to win the contest. So I'm either yeah. going to go crazy and try to make something out of nothing or I'm going to lose because it sucks and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I, if I were going to make up, if I was going to be forced to make a pie, I would be, I would be, um, I'd be lazy, but it's not just because it's lazy, but it's just because it's my favorite. I would make an apple pie. Oh yeah, like, so I know good. that's just like it's just like a it's a classic. It's lazy. It's not as inventive as a horchata, you know, vanilla pie, a vanilla cream pie. But it's just a classic. I have to make it. Yeah, and um, the thing is, like, it doesn't like apple pies are delicious. Everyone loves apple pie. So if everyone else's pie is bad, it's pretty like straight shot of at least yeah. finishing <laughs> in the top three. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you bring you bring some ice cream, some vanilla bean ice cream to butter yeah, them up. And you're just cheating. Yeah, at that point. I, I, listen, we actually had that guy, conversation. I was go. like, "Yo, if someone makes an apple pie, does it count with the vanilla ice cream, or do you just have to go pie straight up?" <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. Actually, like, is it the pie straight up, or is it the whole experience of eating the pie? Okay, so you were thinking ahead because you just can't. I don't know. I'm I don't not losing to an apple pie and vanilla ice cream. I'll lose to a, a good apple pie though. Yeah, maybe for the judging, it just has to be a bite of just straight apple pie. You got to know if the apples are good, if there's a if there's enough flavor, if the crust is good. Uh, but then the rest of the pie, you got to put the ice cream. You can't eat apple pie without vanilla ice cream. You can't. You can't. Uh, hey. I'm a Dutch apple pie guy. I know some people like the classic crust. Some people like the lattice crust. I love the Dutch apple crumble on top. I'm honestly, I'm good with just about every kind of apple yeah, pie. It's, I so don't care. it's just such a good pie. I will say Dutch apple and lattice are probably my favorite over just like the, but it doesn't matter. If you know how to make an apple pie and it is not store bought, I don't care what you do with the crust. Yeah, no, the crust is just bring, whatever you want. Just bring it to me warm with some ice cream. We're good. Just don't get it from Kroger, Giant Eagle, none of that. Yeah, and if you Although make, I will eat those. Yeah, yeah. That's not saying. That's not saying we won't eat those. It's just saying we're gonna be like, like, less happy about it. 
Marie Callender's is actually pretty solid. You know what I mean? Like if you, how about the, if you're gonna buy it, you have to buy it from the freezer section. You got to get like the Marie Callender, something like that. Yep. You can't get the pie that's in like the little plastic button ten that's in the bakery though. That yeah, one you, you can't don't know do. how long that's been sitting there. No, uh, I mean if you work in a grocery, I'd actually like to know how long those pies sit there before someone buys them. Uh, but that's that's a conversation for a different day. I, I I'm just excited. I love Christmas. I think it's a fun holiday. I think it's a great time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the audience. I hope you as a whole enjoy your traditions. If you guys want to comment some of them at us, some of your favorite holiday food, anything crazy you guys talk about or do on Christmas, like that'd be fun. I'm excited. I hope you guys all have a merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, and um, and happy holidays to those who don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Whatever holiday that you sell, you celebrate. Um, we hope you have a good time. Use this as a as a time to get with family, friends, people that you care about, all that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, moving forward, uh, we've got some wish lists uh, for Santa Claus to bring to this Ohio State football team next year. But I, I just kind of this is funny. Like I was just thinking about this the other day. Like when you're a kid, I, it feels like every single year you get less presents and then you're an adult. And then like it feels like sometimes unless you buy them yourself, you don't get that many presents. Yeah. Unless, unless like you, especially through like throughout like college, you get like nothing. I'm, I'm finally at the pay, like the point where most of my friends have like jobs and stuff. So we're like slowly trying to decide, like, do we want to exchange presents amongst us now that we have a little bit of money? But like there's once you're in that like sweet spot of like college age, especially if there's not little kids in the house where they feel obligated to get you something because they got your little you know sibling, cousin, whatever, something. Yeah, you kind of just like it is the presents just go away. Yeah, I remember how like I annoying it would be to get like underwear or like socks is like a present when you're like a kid and i'm like dude if someone got me like a fresh pack of my favorite underwear like you won me over for the holidays i swear to god don't don't i just want to clarify that is that is chris i'm just saying i just need i i I just need gifts socks shoes things that I no, she, every day. She might got me. Um, I actually, I hate clothes. that. Tape. Clothes is where I should have started. I should have just said clothes. Yeah. I should have just said clothes. Any clothes, honestly, because I don't like buying my own clothes. Okay. Clothes that's, see, that's fair. That makes sense. So like, you um, just I'm, go down the checklist of all clothes. That includes undergarments for me. Yeah, see, I buy a lot of clothes. But for me, I like... Like buy me like Ohio State stuff, Nike stuff, like the the things that are like buy me like a Nike sweats, like things that are a little bit more expensive than like going to Target and buying a ten dollar t shirt because you like the color. Like I have so many like t shirts because like Target, Old Navy, that kind of stuff. They always have like cool colors, which I'm into, and they always have like really nice like anime t shirts or whatever. So like I buy that all the time, but like literally. I just put it like, I don't know if you saw, I put in the chat not that long ago. I finally bought, we've been talking about it all season. I finally bought Buckeye stuff and I've never bought Buckeye stuff because I'm not from Columbus and it's not as prevalent in Canton as you think it would be. And it's very expensive. Um, and like, I don't know. Um, call me bougie, whatever. I don't really want like the the $10 t-shirt from Walmart that's going to shrink in two days. So it's like, I don't, I don't ever get anything. And I was going to get lunch. I stumbled across Buckeye Corner, which I swear is different than the one in Easton. Cause I go to the one in Easton and it's more expensive 
and it does not have as nice stuff in my opinion, even though they have the same name and I bought a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, no, I love Buckeye Corner. It, it's a good store. I, I actually when I was in school, I'd go and pick up all my gifts from Buckeye Corner, like the student bookstore and just bring back a bunch of Ohio State stuff for my family because I'm like, yeah. shoot, I forgot to get presents. <laughs> I mean, hey, that works. That works. Um, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But now, like, now I'm gonna go get a little bit more, so I have some stuff. But yeah, um, like that kind of stuff. Those are the types of clothes that I don't buy. I don't like um, hoodies. If you if hoodies are a big one for me. If you get me a hoodie, I'm gonna wear it all the time. Yeah, I just don't like like the underwear, socks, that kind of stuff, because just just being honest, there's a lot of women who are not good at gifting gifts, and there's a lot of men who don't like gifts for whatever reason so they've created this thing that like men appreciate if you buy them boxes and socks it's like no buy me a watch buy me like a nike hoodie like like actually put some thought into my present like i don't don't want socks i can buy socks myself like i'm gonna go buy out some socks like you know but yeah that's just me i just like it happens a lot with like my friends and stuff like that and you see it all the time it's just like women like i don't know what to get a man and someone comes in the comments get him some socks no that's stupid like yeah. no one's really excited about socks yeah and uh, if they are they'd be much more excited if you got them a watch yeah if you're if you're like uh what's the word if your immediate family that socks and shirts comment was not for you that's for like uh like second cousin or something yeah, that's like a gift exchange. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a, like, like they're exchanging gifts at work. You get them some socks. Like, you know, like, you know, like a fifteen dollar limit here. Give me some nice, some nice socks. Yeah, like that. That's where that falls in line. <laughs> but like, if you're my immediate family, I need a little bit more spice, and that's not me being yeah. ungrateful because I would put a little spice back in. Yeah, it's just like you should know me better than better than to just give me socks. Like that's just you didn't put no thought into it. Now I got you this great gift that you've been talking about for six months, and I'm opening a pack of like Target socks. Yeah, you got me Fruit of the Loom socks. <laughs> <laughs> Not knocking them; they're my favorite. I love them, but like I'm just saying, like I know how much they cost. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's another thing. I only wear Nike socks. Nike socks are dress socks, but uh, it's comfortable. It's from being like you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Cause I was gonna say from being an athlete, but you're an athlete too, and you don't wear Nike socks. But it's just something about it. I only wear Nike socks. My yeah. fiance makes fun of me all the time for it. Yeah. Nike socks are dress socks. Yeah, it's true. I, I think so. I agree with that. I've got. Uh, I got like a, my mom got me like a pair of nice Nike socks. I'm like, yeah, no, this is great. I need. These because yeah, it's, it's just I wasn't different. Spending like the the dry extra, fit. I wasn't yeah. spending the extra money to get the dry fit. I, I will. I spend that extra money on Nike socks. I won't always do it on like the hoodies and that kind of stuff, but the socks got to. That's that's a must. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think that's always on my wish list. So uh for our 2022 wish list for the season for the Buckeyes, we're we're gonna try to get back on topic here. It's just we love talking about gifts and the holidays, but uh, to start, we already got the new DC. I know that was on everybody's huge wish list. You know, we've moved past early signing day, so there's not really a lot on the recruitment wish list that we're going to talk about here. Uh, but I will say this. I do think we put together a pretty good wish list that I think Santa could come through on. And Yeah, it was, it was and realistic. I, yeah, realistic goals, right? Yeah, I, I think I think our list is pretty good. Um, it's unfortunate that some of the stuff on the wish list is some of the stuff that we kind of talked about preseason that didn't necessarily happen. Um, 
But yeah, I think I think this is a good list. I think if this stuff happens, um, even if not all of it, but if most of this stuff happens, it's going to be a, a great year to be a Buckeye next year. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you want to get us started here? Or you want me to go first? Yeah, um, I'll go first. I, I will say, I, I'll just on the DC comment. Um, I got my wish plus more because I've been saying it forever. Not only did they get a new DC, they did what Ohio State needs to do. And they went out and they got the guy that everybody wants. And I've said it multiple times and I would keep saying it just because Ohio State hasn't done that in a while. And I'm hoping to like positively reinforce them to remember that they should do that. Uh, So I just want to bring that. But my first one and I bring that up because my first one is a coach. My first thing on the list is a new O-line coach. And the, I feel like they need to do the same thing. Um, they need to go out and get the best online coach in the country. And, and, but I, I want to specify the best young online coach in the country because I do think age is another thing that just in general helps with recruiting. I don't know if they actually deserved it, but that team up north won the Joe whatever award for the best Joe Moore award for the best offensive lineman. Their offensive line coach is 35. Like I understand the entire coaching staff is not going to be young, but the position staff is where they kind of should be. And we have a lot of older guys there and it hasn't, you know, you can say, Oh, they're still recruiting. Well, great. And they are, but where they're not is offensive line. So I think that is since you need a new coach in general, it is another place where you can get younger on the staff and get someone that's going to bring some some life into the program. That's going to bring some maybe some new techniques. If I was, you know, being ideal, maybe someone who who played a couple years in the in the league, uh, if possible. I know that's very specific. That may not happen. But regardless, I want them to go look the best young, the best. 40 under 40, the best 40 under 40 and get one of those top five, top 10 guys and and come to them and say, hey, you're at Oklahoma, you're at Baylor, you're at whatever you're at. It's not Ohio State. Yeah. Come Come to Columbus. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad you added this to the wish list because I, I pulled my punches back on stud last week because like, you know, we were still in on that transfer player. And all that stuff. And I was like, you know, Stud could still come through. And then guess what he did? Stud was going to stud. And he did. He studded. And it was not great. And after listening to that part of the show again, I'm like, God dang it. I wish I went way harder on Coach Studera than I did at the time when we recorded. Because, you know, the new cycle moves. But I'm with you. I think that needs to be at the top of the wish list. I think, you know, last year I was on, hey, Stud, give him a chance to prove it. Uh, he didn't prove it. And I think overall, you know, with the misses in recruiting, with kind of the lack of creativity, because that starts with blocking schemes and up front and what you're able to do with those guys. Uh, I think it's time to move on. I, I think there's points in time where, you know, his age and wisdom could help a younger coaching staff, but this is a cutthroat point in time for Ohio state to really write a lot of the wrongs from the past season and the previous season to take steps towards being that national championship contender. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I know I referenced him a lot, but he, you know, this is his full-time job. So he, he knows a little bit more than we do. Um, But Bill Landis was talking about it and, Basically, he listed all of the players on the roster on his podcast. And outside of Paris Johnson 
um, NPF and Thayer Munford, who NPF and Thayer Munford can both leave. Paris Johnson is the only highly rated recruit left in that room, every including Dewan Jones, who is good. So I want to put that out there. But every other tackle in that room is a developmental project. And are they? Then there's no telling if they're all going to be Dewan Jones. And Dewan Jones has talked about leaving. He said he's fifty fifty. And I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if he strikes while the iron's hot because. No, he's not going to be a first round pick, but I don't think he's ever going to be a first round pick. So if you have, you have a good season, you strike while the iron's hot, you, no one else is questioning if you care about football or any of that other kind of stuff. I would not be surprised if, if um, Thanos leaves. So everyone else in the tackle room outside of Paris Johnson is a developmental project. And it just shows like there's no there's no one. There's no five stars in that room. There's no four stars in that room. It's a bunch of Ohio guys, a bunch of three star guys, guys who you expected to take two or three years of development, um, guys who maybe should play guard or would play guard in the league. Like I think Bill was saying that Anek Viamahi, uh, potentially is more of a guard, even though he's listed at tackle and some that and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we need a new offensive line coach because that just shouldn't happen at Ohio State. Like we've defended, like when the one kid recruited, uh, committed, we defended getting um, low three star guys, especially Ohio or Midwest guys. I think they need to be on the roster. I'm not changing my mind on that, but your position group can't be at a place where if a couple people leave, you have no, no high recruits there at Ohio State. You can't only have developmental guys, guys who have never even touched the field. That could be a huge, huge, um, weakness for us next year, which is why they were in the transfer portal, but they couldn't land the guy. So come on. For sure. I, I think it's an interesting conversation because, you know, we we need that's like the one position, like even if you're a five star, you still usually need time to develop. So like if you're gonna take a three star developmental prospect and you're gonna take a five star recruit, you need both of them to have like a successful room because it's, it goes back to that Ryan day quarterback recruiting mantra. Like a lot of the time, offensive linemen just plain don't work out. So you need to have these guys stacked on top of each other. And it just hasn't happened at all with stud the last few years. It's only happened on the inside. It's only happened with really guards, centers and guards. Like, yeah, and it's like it gets interesting because then you're starting to have to move guards out to tackle, and they're not built for that skill set, which like comes to my next one of my things, which we're going to talk about in a few. But um, like you want to have these players recruited for a position, play at the position they were recruited for, and you're still going to get those guys who can play multiple. You're going to get the Brandon Bowens, the uh, Luke Whiplers, the guys they think could move around all over the place, and they'll find spots, but. It's definitely something. It's it's for sure. Guys. It's on the top of the wish list for sure. Yeah, that's that's my number one. So, <laughs> yes, my number one thing on my 2022 season wish list is health in the secondary. Now, I'm going to get started by saying this. Yes, Ohio State didn't go after Elias Ricks, but getting Cam Brown healthy, uh, the emergence of Denzel Burke, uh, the return of Josh Proctor at safety. Uh, you know, I don't think secondary is a weakness. You know, I've heard great things about Ja'Kalen Johnson, Jordan Hancock. I think there's going to be plenty of depth there. You know, Lejon Cavazos got spot reps during the season. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that room to have a lot of talented players. And I don't think 
the transfer of Elias Ricks is as important as a lot of people were making it out to be. That being said, that only works if you have health in the secondary. You know, Josh Proctor's injury immediately put Ohio State behind the eight ball. Yeah, and then, I mean, Cam Brown and Seven Banks both battled injury the entire year. And no matter how you feel about, you know, Seven Banks or Cam Brown, really for that matter, no one knew we had Denzel Burke. So we were looking at our three of our starters in the secondary dealing with injury, not being able to play, missing games. One misses the whole season. It's just like, that's tough. So, yeah, yeah I mean – if, Health in the secondary is a big one. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Watts and Denzel Burke were the starters at corner for the first game against Minnesota, and I think a lot of people forget about that. And then Josh Proctor got hurt in that game in, like, the third quarter. So, you know, with a patchwork secondary, I think the secondary ended up playing pretty well, all things considered, but I think health is where it starts. I think you want guys like Andre Turrentine, those guys at safety to take some steps back to get better depth at safety, especially with Knowles coming over with his three safety look, you know, court Williams was battling injury at the beginning of the year. So many defensive backs play who played, who didn't play were battling some sort of injury that it's really Denzel Burke at the end of the season was battling a shoulder injury. Like, they just need good health in 2022, and I think it'll be one of the most elite groups in the country. And I was reading an article today. I think it was 11 Warriors. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, so I can't give too can't give the proper credit. But they were talking about oh, it might have been BSB. Regardless, they were talking about this is going to be the first time in a long time that Ohio State has four starters on defense returning in the secondary. Yeah! Wow. What? Uh, Denzel, Ronnie Hickman, Proctor. I just talked about starters. Okay, yeah. Pro- okay, so I just talked about this year, Proctor and Canberra. Yeah, I mean, come on now. And and the thing about that is, it's like we talked, and everyone talked about how the secondary has been depleted. Well, you have to build those. You have to stock the cupboards. And this, like, they've stocked the cupboards. Now those guys have to play. And if they hit on most of them, we could go on a crazy run again of first and second round corners because we have the guys and we have the high level recruits, the, you know, the, the pedigree, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I just want to put this out there because there has been transfers. Most of the people who have transfers haven't been like, the stars they were either lower recruits or they hadn't played they'd been here for two or three years like that kind of stuff so like especially in the secondary like the the entire secondary is there like all of those high recruits that they've gotten the last year or two are there plus they're bringing in some new ones and so they've had a year or two in the program they've gotten out of the pandemic they've had the full off season um i think um i think i was reading an article about court williams and they said because of his injuries He's never had a full offseason because he got injured his first year here. So he missed spring ball and then he got injured again and missed most of training camp. So he hasn't had a full spring ball summer workouts, fall camp to really get into the season. So uh, there's a um, there's a really chance, a good chance that, you know, we we get some some new players and that that ties in if you don't mind that ties exactly into my second one um which is stars developing on defense i I put a couple names out there but this defense lacked stars right you you saw potential right you saw some potential from jt you saw a little bit of potential from jack but jack had some things to work on um 
you know, just with like defending the run and stuff like that, being a more every down player. You definitely saw some potential from Tyleek, but um, the ones that I mentioned, I mentioned Tyleek because I think we really need that that inside presence. I think I don't know what it is, but for some reason. I think that's becoming more a little bit more. Maybe it's just the way offenses work or whatever. That's becoming a little bit more important than it has been maybe even three or four years ago. I think maybe just quarterbacks are getting better at working up the pocket in college, which I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it seems like that nose guard, that someone on that middle rusher has become a bet, a more important position than it used to be. So I put Tyleek and then I put Ja'Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock. Um, give us a long-term option. To, Denzel Burke has two years. Give us a guy that we're going to see play with Burke for two years. Give us a trustworthy guy in the slot. Like You remember what it's like, your slot corner was starting caliber. He was just like a step behind. And then once the other guy left, he went outside. Like it wasn't just like throwing someone out there. Like I want that. And I think with Cam Brown coming back, Denzel Burke coming back, if Ja'Kalen Johnson, Jordan Hancock, even if it's not those two, but if two more develop, you have your third corner and you have your slot corner and you have a really good rotation and you can kind of get back to that, you know, if there is injuries or if someone gets tired, that kind of stuff, there's no drop off. So um, my wish list is stars developing on defense. Um, another one on the defensive line, regardless of name, even though I listed Tyleek, just because I think he has that potential and someone else or multiple people developing um, in the secondary. Yeah, no, I think you've got a lot of potential names in that in that scenario too that could become legitimate stars. I brought up Court Williams. I think he's going to be a guy next year with this new system who with a fresh start, even like, cause no one's had this opportunity with Jim Knowles yet in a full off season. So like that really gives a lot of opportunities for guys who might not have had a role in whatever the defense was last year to find new roles in this defense. So I think it's a real opportunity uh, and it's exciting. I think this is going to be a fun off season, you know, change was needed and change brings a lot of things to talk about. So I think, I think stars on defense is huge. I, I think the linebacker position gets interesting. You know, I think steel chambers kind of became a star and I think a full off season working at the position, I think he's going to come back and be very good. I, I want to see a more physical group from them next year. And I want to see, one of these linebackers, whether it's one of these freshmen coming in or one of the guys currently on the roster, become a star linebacker. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we haven't heard anything, um, but Palier Noche Noche might be coming back. He dealt with injuries. Um, Steel Chambers talked about in his, his interview how when it got later in the season, he kind of lost some of those fundamentals and stuff like that just because he was new to the position. And so he's excited for a full offseason. Um, CJ Hicks is coming in. Um, Gabe I think Powers. Um, uh, Gabe Powers is coming in, who I think is underrated. No one's really talking about him. Reed Carrico's a year older. I was just gonna. I was just about to mention, and we keep forgetting about Reed Carrico. And honestly, um, I think if he's used correctly, um, oh, I can't think of why. I'm always gonna forget names, but you know who I'm talking about. Number thirty-five. I think number Tommy. thirty-five. Yeah, Tommy E. Tommy E. could take a step, and I, I think you know. I was really, really hard on Tommy E, but I do ha- I do want to acknowledge. Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more positive on Tommy E until he gives me a reason not to be this offseason. That's gonna be my goal. I have to acknowledge of all the linebackers he played early, and talent typically flashes early. And I know part of it was need, but he played early. 
and he played a lot. And I did see him get better. I do think he has a chance to really become something, especially because he played his best when the defensive line played their best and most linebackers do. So I do want to include him in that. Cause I, I, I won't say that he has star potential, but he has a, he has the ability to be, be a steadying presence, yeah, a steady hand um, in that group, uh, which they, they haven't had. And I think, you know, I, it seems like all indications are pointing to Al Washington staying. And I think that gives him a, like he gets to run with this group another year. And I think this group is going to be a lot more talented next year. And I think Jim Knowles is a front seven coach. He's a linebackers and D line coach. I think we're going to see a lot more continuity up there this year. And I think that's going to help everyone look better. I think there's going to be less of, um, going to be less of a gap in communication. I think, I don't think there's going to be, four units working opposed to each other, like just kind of existing out there. I think it's going to be very, there's going to be a lot of continuity. It's going to be, it's going to be a good look, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have seen a lot of things that kind of say Al Washington's going to stay. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about that, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he stays. Cause if he stays, is the only coach that leaves is Carrie or does like Matt leave too? Or do they fire Parker and at least bring in another guy? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, do, I just feel like, this, I feel like this defense was far enough away that one guy isn't enough. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think Combs is gone. I don't know what they're going to do with Barnes. Cause I know, I know Knowles is going to want to bring in some of his guys. I, I don't think he's just going to, I, I and I know they taught, it seemed like Ryan day was hinting at that with the Knowles meetings, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but I think at the end of the day, I think Knowles is going to bring in at least one coach that is his handpicked coach. Yeah. And we talked about it because you need someone that knows the system. Like he can't expect to teach. When did spring ball start? February? Right. March. He can't. March. Either way. No, I think it starts mid February. And then it goes, uh, whatever, whatever it is, he can't expect to teach all these coaches his system yeah. enough for them to be able to teach it by spring ball by himself when nobody knows it. It's and literally a blank slate. You take a look at the complexities that about the safety position, you know, I highlighted in the film study, like it's going to take a special coach who's been around this system to know exactly what he needs these DBs to do. Cause Jim Knowles obviously is the mastermind behind it. But this isn't just something where you could just bring in some random defensive backs coach to do it. No, because, I mean, the coach has to be able to answer the questions. <laughs> like, how are you doing it? Why are you doing it? What's the technique? All of that kind of stuff. So there's going to be more than one person that leaves. And if it's not Al Washington, which would make the most sense also just with linebacker, um, being Jim Knowles position. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who it is, but I mean, yeah, maybe it is Matt Barnes. Um, yeah, and we were saying we kind of want Knowles to be the CEO of the defense. So yeah, yeah. It, it seems like that means there's going to have to be another addition on that side of the staff. Yeah. And I, I do think I will say this, Al Washington, maybe he deserves another year where there has where there's not turmoil and there's actually good players in the linebacker room like he was fixing a lot of issues um and a lot of maybe i mean i don't like talking bad on players so i won't say any names but a lot of misses in recruiting and like that kind of stuff so maybe he is a good coach 
And he just hasn't really like he's maybe it would have been worse, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Maybe he's been balancing it and it, it looks bad, but it would have been worse if he wasn't a good coach with just the lack of talent, the players in the room, like that kind of like managing what he had, the injuries, that kind of stuff. So um if he stays, I don't know that I'll be necessarily be offended. I do need Parker Fleming gone just because you just can't have a coach that's only a special teams coordinator. Like you just yeah, can't. This isn't the NFL. Like we, you need that spot. Like there's a limit to the coaching staff. I have no issues with Parker. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to steal your money. I know you got a huge raise when you got that promotion, man. But you, you just can't have a. And then the special teams not be good. Like nah, you just you can't do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you have guys back there who can't catch. Like come on, you gotta yeah. go. Yeah, that was a bold move putting Fleming out there. But uh, I think my my second thing on my wish list is a second year leap from Stroud. And I know a lot of people are going to be like. Hey, this dude threw for 40 touchdowns. He only threw like six interceptions and all that stuff. And yes, the talent's there. We saw it at the end of the season, his ball placement, exceptional, all that stuff. But I think one thing that kind of showed up throughout the season was sometimes there was like either a lack of confidence, there was some errantness to his game, there was some lackadaisicalness to his game. And I, I think when he was in that hyper-focused mindset, there wasn't a better quarterback in the country. And consistency in that approach is what I want to see in that second-year league. Because guess what? That will take him from being this elite quarterback getting invited to New York to being the guy hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, I think for me, and thinking about his second-year leap, I think I need him to make like – quicker decisions and not so much in the I need him to run especially in the zone run thing but I I think I need him to make a little bit of quicker decisions like are you going to get those couple of yards are you going to throw it away right I think he needs to make those decisions a little bit quicker Um, everything honestly yeah, and there's just a couple areas of the field. I think he can get a little bit better, which is crazy because like he led the country in deep ball percentage. Um, but I think he can get a little bit better on his deep ball, and I think he can get. Um, they're just, but it's like minor things. He's a really good quarterback, um, but I, but also every quarterback makes a second year leap, so he's going to get better. The one thing that I'll say, and this is more of a feeling, I don't really know how he's going to show this. Um, But his leap for me essentially is I want to feel like or I want the nation to feel like, I guess, that if we needed to win a game, he could win us the game. Yeah. And I I feel like, well, it's not even I feel. I know that he couldn't because he didn't because he didn't in Oregon. Um, and and he didn't – and Michigan was some other issues, and he played really well in Michigan. But I want to feel like like I felt with Justin Field and some of those other guys that if I matter. need a win, if I need a drive, he's going to put us in the best position. He's not going to take a sack. He's not going to throw an interception. Maybe we, maybe we don't win the game because we don't always win. But, like, when Justin Fields was playing Clemson, I felt like he was going to win us the game. Sure, it was an interception, but, like, I like it wasn't on him. That was a miscommunication. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Until happens, that ball hit Nolan Turner's hands, I thought Justin Fields was going to win that football game. Yeah, and so that's the leap that I need from him where it feels more 
and some of it was disrespect because he was really good, but just yeah. where it feels more that he's in control and not he's just benefiting from amazing receivers. Yeah, to be honest, I kind of felt that way in the Michigan game and the defense just kept hammering that away. And I was like, God damn, like Stroud's doing it. Like he could do this thing if the defense just gets to stop here. And yeah. guess what? And, they just couldn't get a stop. And that really showed his jump. I mean, like, he had, like, he talked about it. Like, he felt like he did have a Heisman moment. They just lost the game. Like, three weeks before, Stroud's not pulling that down and running that into a touchdown. Yeah. And that was, like, they should, that was a touchdown. And they called that back on a stupid penalty was a that wasn't penalty, really a penalty. Yeah. But, like, Stroud wasn't doing that three weeks ago. He wasn't doing that in the Oregon game. So, like, we started to see the jump, but it's just, like, those quick decisions, that kind of aggressiveness, that 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 dog that you know is in there, um, that coming out a little bit more on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, I think him going into next year, without a doubt, the unquestioned starter, you know, Quinn Ewers leaving, that news is going to hang over him. You know, I think the pecking order is very much decided it's going to be Stroud, McCord, Brown, without question. And then I, I think he's going to come in. I think you're going to see his leadership, which you're going to need, given the fact that you're going to have a lot of young wide receivers. And all these receivers could end up being more talented than the ones Chris Lye, and that's that's saying a lot. But that's the type of recruits they are. So I you mean, get the I right like leadership. Yeah, like Amike Igbuka is – is built different. different. Like, <laughs> like Harrison Jr. has the NFL pedigree. He is built different. Like these guys are going to be exceptional football players, but they are rather than being guided by those receivers, he's going to have to guide some of these guys moving forward. And I think that's going to be something that helps raise his confidence as well as being like, hey, like, yeah, I had Garrett Wilson last year. Hey, I had Chris Olave last year, but now this is my show. Like you guys are great and you guys are helping me out, but we're going to do this and it's going to be on my back. And I think that's going to help him a lot too. Yeah. And I fully expect him to do that. I think he's going to do that. I've seen those signs as he progressed. It's just, he's going to be like, there's, there's always a jump. It doesn't matter who you are. There's always, unless it's in the NFL, because in the NFL, they talk about your sophomore slump, but in college, the best players progress their second year, uh, especially quarterbacks. And I think he's going to do that. So that's, I think that's a, a great thing on the wish list. And I can't wait to see it. Um, I saw someone tweet, maybe it was you, or maybe you retweeted it. But, like, C.J. Stroud is the most pro-ready quarterback Ohio State's ever had. Uh, yeah. Like, I, think- I, I watch him, and he's a, he's a pro quarterback. He is. He just, he's just minding things to tweet because yeah. he's, like, 20. <laughs> Before we get to your third on the wish list, I know that, like, Stroud has said some things this season that, like, like hey, this kid shouldn't say it. I'm like, number one, the dude's 19 years old. All right? Let's go to that. And number two, he's an awkward kid. He's an awkward 19-year-old at that. Like, you know, you could do media training. You do all that stuff. That's not going to take away. He's an honest person. He takes a lot of things literal, and he's going to give you a literal answer. And people have clamored for that for decades. They're like, I hate coach speak. I hate when people don't say what they feel. C.J. Stroud literally answers questions the most direct I've ever seen an athlete do it at in college. And then it gets like uh, – he gets skewered for it, and I just don't get it. And – Here's the thing. He's not wrong. 
He literally hasn't said anything wrong. Like the thing that, especially when you when you listen to the whole quote, the thing he got killed about the most was saying that the entire team was sick. But we've all been sick. How many of us go out and play football sick? Like he's not wrong for that. That and and he and again he he if you listen to the whole quote, he didn't say it's an excuse. He didn't say it's the reason why they lost. But he said it is a factor, and it is a factor. The entire team was sick. Like. I know, especially like if men listening to this, because women talk about this all the time about how we turn into like big babies when we get sick or whatever. And maybe that's not you, but just in general, I'm only bringing that up to say like you, you're lying. Yeah, (laughs) I bring that to say like that's a factor. That's not why we lost. Michigan literally bullied us, even if they if even if they were healthy. But if they were healthy, then maybe the game looked different, right? So. It's just, it's just true. People just don't like it. People don't like it, and 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 people can make people can make anything sound like an excuse. So yeah, for sure. I agree with you. I agree with you that it's kind of refreshing that he talks. You know what I mean? And, and that he says what's on his mind. And sometimes you disagree. Like he said that I don't think there's a team in the country tougher than us. But you also wasn't going to say that way. <laughs> that too. That 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 that's true. I mean, Steel Chambers was like, yeah. Um, Josh Gaddis was right. You yeah, were soft. People got, mad at, people got mad at Steel <laughs> Chambers for saying everything everybody else was saying. Like, I don't get it. So, okay. okay, so like, do you want do you want Steel Chambers to say you were soft, or do you want CJ Stroud to say they weren't soft? Like, which one? Like, you're just never going to be happy. And that's that's going to come up with more Olympic coals, actually. But, yeah, let's wrap this up before we head into the break. Uh, my final thing on the wish list, guards playing guard. Let's keep people at their positions outside of switching running backs to linebacker because that seemed to work. Every other position, let's go and play ball at their position. Yeah, and that, that, that goes on defense, too. One of the things I'm most excited about for Jim Knowles is that I hope he evaluates people and puts them in the right spot. Like, we had we had linebackers playing in the secondary. We had safeties playing corner and corner playing safety. Like, put people in the right position. And and, and uh, all in all. And it's like, I love getting the best athletes in the country. Don't get me wrong. But let's, like, stop recruiting, like, people who are really good athletes and just trying to make them work. Let's find guys yeah. who have positions – and our elite at them, and then like, fill out the class with those athletes like Kai Stokes and like Denzel Burke because they work out. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you need to like, have guys coming in with their plan. Like CJ Hicks is an athlete, but he has a position. <laughs> like, He's a linebacker. Like, and he played other positions, but he is a linebacker. We know that. Do that. Um, my last one is commitment and creativity in the run game. I'm not saying I want Kevin Wilson gone. But I'm I'm saying I wouldn't have been mad if he would have got the head coaching job, and there was another voice in that room. Just fresh perspective. Yeah, Ryan Day's not going to commit to the running game, um, and he's not going to be more creative. And so for me, I think especially with um, the running backs that we have, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them transfers. I don't know that we keep Master T, Ryan Williams, and Kevin Pryor. Um, Marcus Crowley's in that group, too. I don't know if we could keep, but we don't keep all of them. I don't don't think so, Um, especially with with Dallin Hayden coming in. Selfishly, I love Mayan, but it would be very interesting to see him be the starting running back at Cincinnati because I am going to watch those games um, and and then get Evan, Evan Pryor as the number two because he shows some stuff. But regardless, 
just a commitment and creativity in the running game. Um, I need I need um, our guy to get more than five touches a game. I need them to stop going away from the run, and I need them to stop running inside zone on every situation. <laughs> yeah, inside zone, that stretch zone. You know, quit it with the same three plays. Yeah, uh, which honestly we're going to talk about in lumps and cool. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of it. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to us. And uh, we still got a lot left to talk about. So make sure you stay with us if you need to get away with your family. Uh, we can listen to this in segments too. So don't forget about that. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Christopher Rennie. Uh, we are continuing this holiday cheer uh, with actually some not cheer. We are actually about to get real tough, and we're about to go over the naughty list, and we're going to give out some lumps of coal in the stocking. Isn't that right, Jordan? Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I do just want to say that um, just to connect the first half of the show, this this podcast is the Christmas story of podcasts. You can pause, you can stop it, you can come in whenever. It's never going to be bad. Uh, so, you know, thanks thanks for staying with us. And, and if you listen in the beginning, you, you get the joke. You know what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to give out some lumps of coal. Um, yeah, I, I think I think lumps of coal, you know, I, I feel like when I was a kid, I probably could have used a few lumps of coal, you know, humble me a little bit. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get any lumps of coal, but um, I'm just saying, I I think lumps of coal serves a great purpose. And it's about, you know, telling you that we need you to be better and um, we need you to not be that way anymore is what I'm saying. And that's what's going to get into our first one. You know, I am so tired of this guy uh, just doing everything he wants with like no repercussions at all. And that, that bothers me. And, you know, all due respect, like, he's the greatest coach to ever do it, but Nick Saban gets a lump of coal. And, you know, it's ironic because he's from coal mining, West Virginia. Uh, no, he gets a lump of coal, man. I'm tired of it. You know, I have another rant that I'm probably going to go on next week about, you know, Ryan Day's building a program based on family, based on brotherhood. You know who doesn't have to do that because he's 70 years old and he puts everybody in the NFL and he could just run it like an Amazon warehouse or a factory? Freaking Nick Saban. Oh, you want to know why he could take whoever he wants out of the transfer portal? They come in, they contribute and compete right away because he doesn't have a culture. There's no culture. It's just Nick Saban. That's the culture. Everyone's like, Alabama's culture can handle it. No, there's no culture there. It's Nick Saban. He can handle it. That's why whenever there's not a whenever there's a coach on the market who's not bad, oh hey, Lane Kiffin, remember all those violations you had at Tennessee? Yeah, screw those. You come be my offense coordinator. Hey, Bill O'Brien, remember when you ran the worst run NFL organization ever? Yeah, you did offense pretty well in college. Yeah, you come in here. We're gonna play for a national championship. I'm tired of it. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's hilarious because it's the same thing with Bill Belichick. And then you have all the Belichick disciples who try to do the same thing and it never works. Like, like, how, like, um, who was the last, who was the last Lions coach? That was a um, Belichick disciple. Matt Patricia. Didn't work. Matt Patricia. Oh, that was awful. That was God awful. <laughs> like there's not a single, except, I mean, you could say Brian Flores, but he, He's, he's just a little bit different. Like, Brian Flores is the only Belichick disciple that kind of works. And it's because he's not trying to be Belichick. And like, that's like everyone, yeah, everyone that talks about him, there are some like similar things, but everyone that talks about him is like, no, that's just him. Like, the, that's just him. He, he, he's doing him. Like, and, and Nick Saban's the same way. Like, like uh, literally, who else 
could get a bunch of coaches who were head coaches and make them analysts. Doug Marone was an NFL coach and he's the offensive line coach at Alabama. This is why, this is why like when I say, Hey, Alabama is just different. Like I'm not saying it because Brian day is like 45 years old. He has 20 years to build to being a soulless corporate leader. Like Nick Saban, (laughs) like Nick Saban, wasn't this, he was cutthroat 12 years ago, but he had to do things a little different. Now it's like, Hey, Elias Ricks, Hey, you're going to come here. You're going to compete. And if you don't work out, guess what? We're just going to give it to another one of these Alabama guys. Literally. And it's just like, it's just so crazy. But like, dude, we just have to stop comparing ourselves. We have to stop comparing it's, ourselves it's, to Alabama. It's, it's impossible. Like, you just can't. You And I, I know I just said it, but I just have to say it again. You can't be Alabama because who else can go get someone that was a college head coach or an NFL head coach and tell them they're going to be an analyst, tell them they're going to be the freaking wide receivers coach. Like, what are you talking about? Like Bill O'Brien literally ran himself out of the Texans because he needed full control. He wanted to be the head coach and the GM. And now he's, he's Nick Saban's offensive coordinator. He has no control. Like who can get someone who was so egotistical? He, he ruined, he tried to ruin Deshaun Watson the career and I'd say that like he was egotistical because he would not give up like even when he had proof that he was not a GM he wouldn't give it up even when he had proof that he couldn't run a team and he could and he and he only made bad trades and all this other kind of stuff he wouldn't give it up and now he's like he, he's going to get Nick Saban coffee like he's asking coach hey coach what you want me to do today like you know what I mean like no one else can do this like you it's, you can't Ryan Day can't go get uh, freaking uh, Matt Nagy when he's fired and tell him to go be an analyst like it's not going to happen yeah you know for all the news around Urban Meyer and all that stuff for, for like this era as a contemporary he is the closest to Nick Saban with three championships that is absurd to me. Like, and Nick Saban made Urban Meyer quit. <laughs> and Urban couldn't even, and Urban couldn't stay nowhere. That's why he had to keep leaving. Like, cause once he got, once you got, once people got tired of him, he had to go and he had to start over. Nick Saban never has a leave. Urban is like a grifter. Like Urban is like a, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be here for three to five years. You're going to love me. And then you're going to hate me. I'm going to leave in scandal and I'm going to start over. Nick Saban's like, yeah, I'm going to be here forever. And no one's going to hate me. Like no one's going to hate. And that it's just like, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. So what about Cole Nick Saban? Like, he's got to get some coal because he's never had coal in his freaking life. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bitter coal. It's just like, like, please, just like, please know what this feels like. <laughs> but the issue with Nick Saban, he's going to take that coal and turn it into a freaking diamond. <laughs> yeah, right. The rich get richer. <laughs> it's like, oh, piece of coal. Let me just add. Let me just add some pressure to it. Let me just add some pressure. Oh, hey, Jordan. Nice running back you got there. He was really good. Oh, guess what? Oh, we need a running back. Here you go. Yeah, of course. So we did need a running back. We got Travion Henderson, but hey, now Alabama's got a Jameer Gibbs. How about that? It's like Lump of coal, Nick Saban. Yeah. All right, you want right. you want to lead the way on number two? Yeah. So so the next lump of coal, it's it's just a whole unit. Everyone gets it. Everybody we're gets it. We're, we're we're just bringing up a whole big bag of coal. How many players are on scholarship for this side of the ball? You're getting a lump of coal. No, walk-ons are getting it too. The entire Ohio State defense and the coaching staff, everyone's getting a lump of coal. So you know seventy-five why. people are getting coal right now. You know why? You know what you did. You know what you didn't do? You all get a lump of coal. Even the ones we like. I'm sorry, Tyleek Williams, you're getting a lump of coal. Yeah, you know what? 
Denzel Burke, you're getting a lump of coal. What did your What did your mom always say? You are who you you are you are who you hang out with. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you're all <laughs> getting lumps of coal. And you hang out with the rest of that defense. Everyone's getting lumps of coal. Yeah, Ohio State's defense, lumps of coal. Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah. we should just drop off a really really big lump of coal and just write defense oh. on it. <laughs> just put it, yeah. Just put it out there. Uh, everyone's getting lumps of coal. The defensive staffs, get, even the ones leaving. Carrie Combs, yeah, I know you're leaving. You, you, you take know, the lumps of coal with you, but you, put it you in don't get office. a nice pardon gift. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lump, lump of coal. coal. Uh, and don't ask why. You know why. <laughs> you know why. We saw the stats. <laughs> we watched the games. We saw what Tulsa did. We saw what Michigan did. Michigan literally came in and they said, "Oh, we watched the Oregon tape from." nine weeks ago and knew we could do the same thing. They didn't believe in the improvements. Matt Barnes, Lumpicle. Lumpicle. Al Washington, Lumpicle. Larry Johnson, Lumpicle. Everyone who let whatever on the field happen, Lumpicle. Ryan Day gets a Lumpicle. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Rhodes, Lumpicle. I know you're only an analyst, Lumpicle. Yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, no, I think that's uh, they all deserve it. We've we could beat this drum for the rest of the show why Ohio State's defense deserves lumps of coal, but you guys already know we've talked about this in detail in so many different places. They get a lump of coal. The only ones not getting a lump of coal are the GAs, and that's just because they're so poor and their jobs suck so much that they don't. We don't need to pile on. Like, yeah, we're like, like big saving can turn that coal into a diamond. The GAs can't afford to do that. Yeah, no, they can barely afford the lump of coal. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not going to pile on the GAs, but everyone else, lump of coal, get, get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So those guys. Uh, uh, Ryan Day gets a second lump of coal. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you guys, uh, Ryan Day's game plenty at times. Uh, in the industry, uh, a lot of people love Ryan Day. He's a great coach. He's a nice guy. He's an offensive genius, uh, one of those savant types. But this year, I felt like he did not get in his bag enough. And at times it was very critical for him to get into his bags and he chose not to. So for Ryan day, not getting in his bag, we're putting a lump of coal in his bag. Yeah. Yeah. Just a reminder. I I said it once and I'll say it a million times. Ryan day is the biggest bully in sports. And I, I'm really hoping it's because he's a young coach and he still has that little urban Meyer little stain on him. And like his job's not secure yet. Like he thinks he's going to get fired. Maybe like, maybe it's just like a little bit of like a confidence thing, but he's the biggest bully in sports. Cause if you, if there, if you can't beat him, He's gonna he's gonna pull out the the trick plays. He's gonna pull out the pretty things. He's gonna script the perfect drive. He's gonna, gonna be make seven it, plays. He's gonna make a note not, early that you can't yeah. beat him. But but as soon as you punch him in the mouth, right? As soon as you stand up to him, as soon as you're the same size or bigger, he goes and runs and hides. He's he's a bully. Um, he's a middle school bully. You know what I mean? Like, like he he can pick on the nerds, the geeks, the, the small guys. But as soon as you as soon as you want to stand up to him, he he can't handle it. Um, so I I agree. He gets the second level call. Yeah, and uh, this honestly builds off when you said you want to see some creativity in the run game. Hey, Ryan Day, let's rework what we do in the run game. Let's work how we established it. Let's go back to what you like to do with Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. Because guess what? You have an NFL quarterback. You have a superstar running back ready to go. Uh, you have Mayan Williams, who's a bowling ball. You should not be throwing the ball 70% of the time to 30% of the time. You're not Mike Leach. You don't have a roster depleted like Mike Leach's. You have all the players you need to have a balanced offense, and I want to see it. 
Yeah. And also just like, just like, like, come on, don't run the same play. Like if everyone knows you're running inside zone, don't run it. How about that? (laughs) And if you do run it, you better make sure your offensive line and your running back are going to get that three to four yards every single time. Just run counter. Like, like something, anything else, please. And stop running freaking pistol. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, where's the self-scouting? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's just and you know, maybe when you run a certain formation, don't always do the same thing out of it. Just, I mean, hey, creativity. Let's get creative. You know, Ryan Day, this summer, take an art class. We're not the experts, but let's just let's just go on a limb here. Right. Right. If you do one thing and then every time you do it, you do the same thing out of it. I don't think that's a good thing. Like, what do you think? Like, is that is that is doing the same thing over and over a good thing? It can be, but no, it's not. Not if another team could do something better against that good thing. Yeah, it's, it's just like you, you could just do a couple of things out of that and, and, and maybe it would be a little bit different. Yeah, the fact that you could go on a count and count 26 pistol formations where they run the football and there's not a single pass out of it, that's not a good sign for tendencies. Like, where's the self-doubting? When you play a smart guy like Mike McDonald, he's going to find that tendency and he's going to tell his players to do exactly what – you do against that tendency until you do something different. It's like, this is a terrible analogy, but it's like Jake Paul. Jake Paul only throws one punch, but it's the reason he keeps fighting non-boxers because they don't know what to do with that punch. But they as don't. soon as he fights a real boxer, I bet you he doesn't win. <laughs> like, like, I bet you he doesn't win. <laughs> this is this is off topic. You know, a lot of you guys are like, oh, yeah, oh, he's dipping. I, It doesn't matter. The dude is making money. People are buying the fights. At the end of the day, he's fighting these people because people, if he needed to fight a real boxer to make money, he'd fight a real boxer to make money but no they'll throw tyron woodley out there and people who's also buy not good at his profession right now if, like, he's not he like, was down a, bad before reason, he took the fight literally there's a reason he's taking the fight because <laughs> yeah if, the best was fight was frank gore versus uh darren williams i was like holy crap this is pretty good i didn't watch it i just saw some of the, the videos and the memes out of it but yeah um yeah, Jake Paul. I don't like him. I don't like anything about him. I but like he's making him, money. I respect the hustle. Awesome. I respect the hustle. But yes, yeah, so, you know Ryan Day. Don't be Jake Paul. Like you know, yeah. be a, be a real boxer. Like he just offered Jorge Masvidal five million dollars to fight him. You know what? I'm fighting Jake Paul for like a hundred grand right now. And he I would win. <laughs> no, I'm beating him. I don't care. I never boxed. I never boxed a day in my life. If, if you give me a year. If you give me a year to not be fat no more and get some half decent training, I'm beating him up. Because I already know how to fight. Just give me some half decent training. And I know he's going to throw a right hook like 75% of the time. And unlike Tyron Woodley, I know how to get out the way of a right hook. <laughs> like, like, I know. Just duck. <laughs> just, yeah. just duck. Like, just I, saw, duck, like I saw, I saw like, a, a, like a little breakdown. And it's like Tyron Woodley didn't even know how to put his guard up. Literally. He was putting his like yeah. when he would when he would throw body shots or anything he would put his hands down. That's not how you block a body shot. And like you don't put your your lead hand down. That's how he got knocked out. He faked a body blow. He put his lead hand down, and then didn't put it back up and got knocked out. No, I, he give me a year, give me a year and like a hundred grand, and I'll, I'll beat up Jake Paul. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I still think I'm not a fighter, so he, he's got me beat there. But the final lump of coal, do you want to do the honors? Or you want me to do it? Who wants to get the hate tweets? I, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it because I put it on here. I'm fine with it. OSU fans, you you all get a lump of coal. You all get a lump of coal because you're a, just a miserable bunch. Like you just are, you know, and maybe not the ones that listen to this, because I don't know if you're one of those fans and you still listen to this like you're a masochist because we, we we talk bad about OSU fans a lot. But it's because we want you to do better. Like we do it because we care. Um you just gotta do better like just every like your mental health can't be good some of you because like the the tweets that you send off on every little thing it's just like come on now like you get a lump of coal because we need you to do better put the phone down take a couple deep breaths not everything is the end of the day we're not alabama we're also not clemson who's going through hell right now like come on like we're, we're good um but you, you, you've been a bad boy or girl. You've been a bad fan. You need a lump of coal, OSU fans. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the amount of argumentativeness among the OSU fan base with each other is so incredible. Like, you, like, oh, man, it's hard to put into words. It's hard to, like, actually have, like, a reasonable perspective about this because I'm also an OSU fan who gets into a lot of arguments. But we all got to be better, man. Yeah, like, I, 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 and I'm including myself in this. I should have said we're getting a lump of coal. I, I'm getting a lump of coal under the tree. But here's the thing, right? I'm not going to say no names, but stop following them. You know who I'm talking about. Stop following the people who get you riled up. Which will also help because stop because I follow you and you follow them. Stop retweeting them on my timeline. And the amount of times agreeing with them. Yeah, I'll just say if you were in a very public news story that got a coach fired, or if you're in a lawsuit that everybody knows about, stop talking. Yeah, and <laughs> and and not even just those ones. Like the ones who just re- who just talk bad about everything. Stop following them. They don't know what they're talking about. All right, yeah. um, they're not experts. Just because they have a bunch of followers doesn't mean they're experts. Um, there stop- are recruiting experts who are good at that. There are X's and O's experts who are good at that. There are podcasters who are here to entertain and talk about sports. And then there's guys who don't really. They're they're columnists. I'd call them. They're here to give opinion and. That doesn't mean that their voice is golden. And I think a lot of you guys will like latch on to some of these opinions and treat them like like your book of faith. And that's just not the way you should do it. If everything they say is negative, I'm just going to help you out. If everything, if you don't want a lump of coal next year, if everything they say is negative, don't listen to them. If they hop on every single trend, don't listen to them. If, if it's the same coach, if it's the same person who went from fire carry to keep carry because of carry's video to we need to get marcus freeman they don't know nothing about him to being upset that we didn't keep marcus freeman to we need to get elias ricks to we need like every popular story that happened to to like ryan day's going to the bears we need to fire ryan day like if, if they followed just every popular story that was negative they don't know what they're talking about. Like they don't have an opinion of their own. Like, like, like if they if they agreed with every single one of these stories, they don't have an opinion of their own. If the only name that they could think of for DC was Marcus Freeman, 
you don't need to follow him. Anyone with half anyone with half a lick of sense knew Marcus Freeman was going to be a head coach. Like, just stop. Just, just you know. Yeah, and like honestly, I want to say like you guys, uh, most people have watched The Office. It's always one of the most streamed shows in the country every single year, year in and year out. The dinner party episode where Michael Scott got a vasectomy. That is every single day. It feels like with Buckeye Nation when news breaks. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Every single day. Um, <laughs> It is not. It's the, it's the and, fire drill. To be honest, I want to give credit. You guys are passionate. Everybody listening to this podcast is passionate. And passionate yeah. fan bases are awesome. And we've already given you credit because we, we gave credit. Like the reason we'll never be Michigan or any or any of these other programs is we're so passionate. Coaches get fired. Ryan Day has never once felt secure in this job because of Ohio State fans. And that, that and some reason in some places, that's a good thing, because like who knows if he would fire this, if he would have fired the staff or, or made some of these changes that we think he's going to make if the fans weren't passionate. You just have to know. You just have to know where to put the energy and stop following these people who only give negative energy because not everything is negative. Like Ohio State's not going to get every single recruit in the country, in the nation, everywhere. Sometimes you're going to get quote unquote bad news. Sometimes you're going to lose a recruit. Sometimes someone's going to transfer. It happens. But if they're only telling you or they're acting like it only happens at Ohio State, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think I think there's some macro discussions that people try to isolate to just Ohio State, and it's just not the case. And we, it's a smart fan base. You guys know what you want, and that's awesome. But let's yeah. let's make this a more positive group because you're giving yeah. a lump of coal because it's negative. Right. Not because you're passionate. We love the passion. Um, and the last thing that I have to say about this is is don't don't be quick to don't be quick to react, right? Because like Ohio, there was a couple of Ohio State players who transferred, and it's like cool. And then you like wait, and there are so many people who starters have transferred. No one who transferred for us was a starter. No one who transferred for us really played a lot. I mean, think about it, right? And I, I, I'm throwing this out here because um, screw them because they beat us in the in the conference championship game. But Northern Illinois starting running back, freshman, ran for 1,200 yards is part of the reason they went from 0-6 to winning the MAC. He's in the transfer portal. We're not losing starters. Bo Nix, transfer portal. Um, no matter how you feel about them, Michael Penix Jr., transfer portal. Adrian Martinez, transfer portal. He ended up not transferring, but Grayson McCall was in the transfer portal. Jamar Gibbs, transfer portal. We didn't, Elias Ricks, transfer portal. We're not losing starters. Trevion Henderson's not in the transfer portal. I mean, all of these quarterbacks were starters, right? Um, 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 Keaton Slovis, and that was a little bit different because there's another guy there. Keaton Slovis, transfer Amir portal. Amir Gibbs right? was the guy we talked about earlier. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine um, uh, being Georgia Tech right now? You have your best player. Shorter. Oh, yeah. Emory Jones, Jones transferred. They're starter. Transfer. Like, we're not losing starters. And it's just like, if you would have just waited like a week, you would have seen that other people were losing transfers and they were losing bigger transfers. They're Way losing bigger transfers. Star wide receiver. They're losing, and like, FIU. Everyone's they're like, Alabama hasn't lost any transfers. Uh, all these Georgia hasn't lost any transfers. Michigan has a lot. That's because they're in the college football playoff. Once January is over, they're going to lose transfers. 
Yeah, no one's transferring before they go to the playoffs and get all the cool clothes and the rings and all of that kind of stuff. Like, what are you talking about? FIU, their freshman All-American. Transferred. Transferred. LSU lost two quarterbacks. I think one of them decided to stay, but they were stayed. losing both of their quarterbacks. Texas A&M lost their quarterback. Texas, like, it's just like... Oh, LSU the, lost the starting corner, who's probably going to be a first or second round NFL draft pick. Like, it's just like, come on now. Like, it's, it's not crazy. that bad. It's just, just wait it out. Just wait it out. You would see that Ohio State State's not the only ones that are that are that are losing people. Ohio State's not the only one in transition. They weren't the only ones that fired coaches and that kind of stuff. Like, just take a second and breathe. Like, we're fine. And yeah. I, I would say it again: the day we lose starters, that's when you start. Now let's now let's have a conversation. When CJ Stroud goes in the portal, when Travion Henderson goes in the portal, when Garrett Wilson comes back and then goes into the portal. Then we can talk. But don't tell me about the third-year linebacker who's never played it down in football. It sucks. I get it. But we don't even know if they're good. Just like, yeah. let them go. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this is a love of coal out of love. We love you guys. We do. Yes. We just got to vent sometimes. We just want you to be better. I'll be honest. Yeah. Before before I started doing this show for SB Nation, I didn't have gray hair. Now I've got lots of gray hairs. <laughs> so, um, pressure's on. Uh, guess what Cole turns into diamonds and that's what we expect from this beautiful relationship and segment. So let's make diamonds next year as a team from all those guys. We gave lumps of gold to so that's about 85 people or so. And then all of Buckeye nation. So most of it, anyone on Twitter, honestly, uh, we all know we all deserve at least a lump of coal. Yeah, uh, come on. We gave it to ourselves. We both get lumps of coal. We're, we're not always the uh, nice guys. Uh, I've been to screaming the to fire Kerry Coombs all season. I, like, I yeah. deserve a lump of coal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's kind of mean if we really think about it. If we go from that perspective from the outside, that's kind of – we were kind of mean. But – yeah. We get lumps of coal. That's what we do. We all deserved it. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to close out with some quick news stories. Um, uh, I, I'm excited to talk about this real quick. Uh, Jim Knowles gets to meet meeting with the players. I think that's a good first step coming into the Woody Hayes, kind of running down everything, setting expectations, getting the lay of the land, as Ryan Day said, meeting yeah. with coaches. I think this is – exactly the type of productivity you need. And this is dumb because Mike Gundy said, ah, you're not coaching this bowl game with us. And he's the reason they're at that bowl game. So overall, I'm excited. Jim Knowles on campus. This is, this is good news. This is just good. It's starting. I think he's on campus right now. And by right now, I mean Wednesday the 22nd, not the 24th when you hear this, because Ryan Day said he was going to actually physically be on campus for a couple of days before they went to the Rose Bowl. Um, he's not involved in any of the Rose Bowl prep, but he's probably on campus now, right before they go home for winter, for Christmas. And then he's not going to follow them to the Rose Bowl, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, he might be on campus today. So I think it's good. I, I think it's, you know, even though Mike Gundy's stupid and how can you be mad that you lost your guy to Ohio State, like the real OSU, um, it's just like, I think it's good that he was able to, he was afforded that opportunity. Um, he can come up here, he can meet the players and then he can really uh, get the ground rolling. I'm sure he has access to all the film. Um, he's probably been watching every single game. He's been uh, talking to the staff, even though they're not saying it, he's been reviewing that. I'm sure Ryan Day has told him the one or two guys he wants to keep, you know, they've, they've talked about that. He, he's gotten his scarlet and gray, um, 
So, yeah, I'm very excited about this, but I'm most excited because I knew a lot of that stuff was going to happen, even if they didn't admit it. I'm just most excited that he actually got to meet with the players and kind of talk to them. I think that's going to help quell some of the um, some of the transfers and, and, and some of that kind of stuff uh, that kind of happens with coaching changes. And they get to kind of see the vision um, and, and just, you know, get to know him because he seemed like a great guy. So I'm, I'm really yeah. – I was really happy when I heard that. I'm going to put this out there. I, I think a lot of people – are kind of wondering like how an interview process like that would work myself included. Uh, but I, I know Ryan day wouldn't just willy nilly hire this guy for the amount of money they're going to pay him. Uh, if this guy didn't have a plan. And I think like you said, it's going to quell some of these transfers It's going to quell some of these question marks heading into the off season. And I think it's going to make this off season a lot more fun because new roles, new positions, new identity. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to make it fun and it's going to make it more, um, more, uh, what's the word? More, not special, quick, quick. I will just say quick. That's not the word I was looking for, but it's going to make, it's going to make it more quick because when he comes in officially on the second, he's going to have the layout of the land. Like he's going to know what he wants to do and he doesn't have to take that week or two to kind of get to know people. You can't make changes in your first week. Like you don't know what's going on. You have to figure it out. And so now, you know, he could come in on the second and already have a name of who wants to get hired, right? Uh, yeah. He could come in on the second and and have a, and already know what position he's putting people in. Like he's gonna come in way more prepared, and that is only going to help us because ultimately, and we talked about it, especially with his scheme and and, and just coaching transitions in general and all blase blase. When you can talk to players, when you can't, he needs all the time that he can get because this is a major major job like he's not fixing this defense like like he's 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 taking it down to the studs essentially um they're not paying him like you said they're not paying him 1.9 million for nothing so he needs all the extra minutes and seconds he can get to have this defense this team prepared for next season um and so i think that's very important yeah and all the things you saw from oklahoma state players like wishing him well like this guy's leaving him right before a bowl game and all these guys are happy for him and that's that says everything you need to know about Jim Knowles. Yeah, I can't wait until he can do his first press conference until we start to see him. Um, yeah, I would be enamored with this there. dude because I, I want to meet the guy who's behind whatever I've seen watching Oklahoma State defense stuff from last year. Like, this dude's mad. He's mad. He's crazy. I just can't wait to see what he does with this talent, man. Like that's the thing that sticks out to me the most. He's never had this talent. Never. Like like never what can he near do? this talent? Unless what can he do with his, yeah. Like what can he do with his safeties when they run a four three and not a four six? Yeah. What, what's he gonna do with a guy like Court Williams, who is two hundred and twenty five pounds and can run like a guy who's much more slender? Yeah, like, come on now. It's just like, what is he going to do with the guy who's 6'5 instead of 6'2? You know what I mean? Like, like, it, like, there's no undersized players at this position. Like, they're all studs. Like, it's just, yeah, like, I'm, it's going to be, it, it's, I can't wait for it. So I think that was big that Ryan Day was able to let him uh, talk to the players. And that's a, like, I do want to put it out there. Because maybe they know they're getting fired, maybe they don't. But this is tough for the current Ohio State staff. And it's tough to manage as players, and it's tough to manage that transition. So also, despite the two lumps of coal that we gave them, shout out to Ryan Dave for finding some way to manage that and to still and have the new guy in the building a little bit without, um, you know, yeah. 
and being how, a negative. I wonder how the office situation works. You know, Gary Coombs has that defensive coordinator office. <laughs> they probably got a bunch of extra rooms in there. Yeah, probably. Come on now. Well, he'll get the corner office when it's come January 2nd. Yeah. Uh, Gary Coombs will be up out of there. Another fun storyline. You know, we said it wasn't that busy of a news cycle, but I mean, Jack Miller to Florida. Jack Miller, the. Um, quarterback for uh, formerly of Ohio State is headed to Gainesville, and I, I think that's an interesting fit. Um, I, I'm excited for him. I think he was a guy who kind of got lost in the shuffle at Ohio State a little bit. You know, grew up an Ohio State fan, had a knee injury late in his career, didn't really get a camp. Probably was still battling a lot of that when he showed up, and then. Now he's getting an opportunity, a fresh start. You know, he had the OVI. He had a, a kind of a little bit of a troublesome end to his career, tumultuous run at the end. But how do you feel about Jack Miller and Florida as a situation? New coach, new opportunity. Yeah, so I'm kind of confused, if I'm being honest, because I just thought he would go somewhere where he was going to be the starter. And, like, anyone who watched Florida is, like, enamored with Anthony Richardson. So unless Anthony Richardson's going to transfer or just unless Anthony Richardson is not Billy Napier's type of quarterback, uh, it's it's a little surprising um, that he would go somewhere where not even – like, I get it. Like, you can't guarantee him the job, but you don't go somewhere where, like – you're more, it seems like you're more in line to start at least, you know, like Bo Nix going to Oregon. Technically they have a younger guy who's been in the program and, and and it's going to be a challenge. So maybe it's not guaranteed that he's getting the job, but it's for the most part, like, come on, like, you know, that's his job. Something could happen, right? You like something like that's what happened at Michigan state, a guy transferred and they thought it was going to be his job. He lost whatever, but he's transferring to a place where he might sit next year. So, that part is surprising. Um, I kind of like the fit because I think, I think, you know, Anthony Richardson, yes, he got it starting experience, but he got starting experience for Dan Mullen. I coming in, getting there in the spring, it's going to be a wide open competition, but I, I totally get what you're saying about like coming in and starting immediately. But I do think being the hand picked quarterback for a new coaching staff is kind of a good sign for Jack Miller moving forward. Yeah, I I, I will say I do agree with that. I, I do think that he obviously is going to have a chance to go win the job. Um, outside of just kind of the confusion of going somewhere where, you know, he's not guaranteed or whatever, I think it's good. I'm excited that he's at a big program. Yeah, um, a bigger I'm program than a, a lot of us thought he'd go to. Yeah, I was predicting UCLA. I mean, he went to freaking Florida. He's going to be in the SEC. He's really going to have a chance to show what he's capable of because that's the thing. Like, I think he was the third best quarterback, but I still think he would start on a lot of rosters. I think he's really good. I think he can work himself to an NFL guy. Um he was recruited here for a reason. Like you said, he's a couple years removed from that injury, so he should be a little bit more confident and able to move. And he's going to get more development than he got here because he's not the third guy. So I'm excited to – because Florida's going to be on the TV. I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah. Um, I think I, it was interesting because I saw his dad was a big Florida Gator fan growing up, and apparently Tim Tebow had a part in this recruitment to get him to Florida. So I, I think they're really excited about this dude. Yeah, that's that's what it seems like to me. So I'm excited for him. I mean, I'm never going to disparage him. Honestly, I hope he wins the job and I hope he's a star. Um, yeah, I, I cannot complain about it. 
because I've liked him since he started getting recruited. You know, I've always, I mean, like, I mean, I love quarterbacks as a former receiver. I mean, they're, they're your best friend. Uh, so at the end of the day, I'm rooting for all, I mean, except I, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I was going at. Uh, I'm rooting for Jack, maybe not another guy, but, uh, that's for different reasons. Uh, Jack yeah. earned Jack earned some love from Ohio State. He's played in games. He took snaps. He was he had a cool turtleneck thing going on. He looked like a movie villain at times, and that 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 earned my respect. So, Jack Miller to Florida. I'm excited about it. And I guess moving forward, we got another. We got our SEC team to root for. I think. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what he does down there. We'll see what um what Billy Napier does down there. But I'm happy he found a place. Um, and I wish him all the best. I mean, hey, like not it it takes a lot to be the the guy in the class and then have another guy get put brought into the class and then that guy becomes a starter over you. Like that you know, guy it goes takes to a New lot. York City. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. So, but. Glad that he's going to get a chance to shine and get a chance to shine where everyone's going to see him. Yeah, for you, sure. You, you can go to the NFL from Florida if you're yeah. good. I mean, like, because we could talk about it. He could have gone and been Rocky Lombardi at NIU. Yeah, no. But so he's, but. he's going for the big stars, and I, I respect that too. Uh, but yeah, to close out the show, uh, next week's going to be our Rose Bowl preview. I know we probably haven't done the best job building up excitement for that game. But I'm starting to smell the roses. How are you feeling about the Rose Bowl game? Kind of give a – we'll do a final thoughts combination with this topic here. Um, I, my first thought is that there hasn't been opt-outs yet. And yeah. for all of you fans that we gave Cole, this game does matter to Ohio State. Like you're not going to make the playoffs every single year until there's 12. And I think Ryan Day is gonna, has done a good job of like showcasing that importance. I don't think it's going to be like – you remember – Speaking of Florida, you remember uh, Florida last year or two years yeah, ago when I began so Yeah, half the team opted out. Um, I, I so I think that this is an important game. It's a historic bowl for when bowl games still do matter. It's California. Um, it's on. It's on New Year's. Like I think that it, you know that this team's going to take it serious, and a lot of players take pride in playing in that game. And as much as we talked about culture issues and all this other kind of stuff and people trying to crap on Ryan Day, like it looks like everyone's playing. It looks like a lot of people are going to be there. It looks like they're excited. So that speaks to him as a person, as a coach, and, and him being able to rally the team in the, in the face of disappointment. Um yeah. And so that's the, that's the first thing for me. But I'm excited. I like the Rose Bowl. And you I, like the Rose like Bowl Utah. I, I know, like, you know, you watch, I watched a few UCLA games this year because I like Chip Kelly and I like Dorian Thompson Robinson. But uh, just the backdrop of that stadium in Pasadena, the Rose on the outside of it, it it's unbelievable. And it's a granddaddy of them all for a reason. Uh, it used to be the premier bowl between – two of the premier conferences in college football, still premier conferences in college football, discrediting that. But it is a great opportunity against a team. And I I started my film study for the Rose Bowl today, and you'll read the first one before this show, so that doesn't really matter. But to lose to Michigan in that way against a very physically imposing team You've got an opportunity against a team that's built on toughness and physicality to close out the year on a positive note in that regard. 
Yeah. Um, maybe maybe get some uh side conversations with one of those linebackers, see if they yeah, want to come yeah. be the buckeye. Hey, you know? Devin Lloyd, <laughs> little, it might not be the NFL, but we get you some money. Do, do, do a little recruiting? <laughs> no. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, yeah. The Rose Bowl is one of the um one of the stadiums I can't wait to go to. I need to see that in person. Um and I, I think it's gonna be cool. It's it's Ohio State, man. It's the Rose Bowl. We're not gonna make the playoffs every single year. Like, and this is the this is the be- I think this is one of the best places to go if you're gonna go anywhere. Um, I think it's gonna be fun. I think the players are gonna have fun. I think we're gonna get to even though there's not a lot of opt outs. I wonder if we're gonna get to see some of the young guys and get to see some people healthy. Um, I'm 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 really looking forward to it, honestly. Yeah, and I, I you just cannot hate on the Rose Bowl, man. You just can't. Uh, no opt-outs is exciting because I've been torn. Uh, we probably – so they finished practice today. We probably won't know about opt-outs until they leave for Pasadena. And I think that's when we'll see some decisions be made. But I, right now, like, my gut is telling me there's probably not going to be opt-outs, honestly. Well, a lot of the players already did their bowl, their bowl interviews, and yeah. they were all asked if they were opting out, and most of them said no. no. There was yeah. a, there was a couple who said they're not sure yet, but like most of them said no. Like they are Mumford, like a lot of the like a lot of guys said no. There's obviously maybe a couple, but um, I think for the most part, the majority of them are going to. Yeah, for sure. To stay. Yeah, next week we're going to talk all about this stuff. Uh, you know, the holidays are here, but we're not taking a break. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, once again, let's close out the show here. Uh, I'm excited for the Rose Bowl, and I'm excited for Christmas and all that stuff. So hopefully you guys enjoyed your time with us. Any any final words for the audience, Jordan? Yeah, just, uh, you know. Uh, have a good holiday again whatever you celebrate hope you get some good time with your family if you don't celebrate hope you at least enjoy a couple days off work eat some good food um you know maybe you get some get some maybe aside from the call we gave you get some nice buckeye gear to flash off um and we're going into a new year stay safe um i don't I know it's it's starting to become political, but we we do have another variant of COVID. So, you know, stay safe. Um, Hopefully no one in your family is sick. Hopefully y'all don't get sick. Uh, And yeah, just we'll we'll catch you in the new year, right before the new year, whenever this show drops. But as always, thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you hope hopefully if you weren't excited, we got you a little bit excited for uh, the Rose Bowl and for what 2022 is going to bring for Buckeye football. 100 percent and yeah with that happy holidays everybody hopefully you guys enjoyed spending your time with us with whether you listen to it all at once cut it into parts like the christmas story uh we're happy to have you guys here uh to close out you guys can follow me on social media at chris rennie cfb and you can follow the show at buck off pod jordan where can we find you uh, you can find me at uh, Jordan W three three zero. You can find uh, me also on the I seventy football show. I just have to put this in here. I was the champ. I won our little competition. I also went over five hundred after picking one hundred and sixty eight games. So maybe I know a little something. So catch me on there um, and interact with me on Twitter. Uh, Merry Christmas and, and go Bucks from me. Yep, go Bucks, everybody. And make sure you give us a nice little uh, Christmas rating. Subscribe, 
everything you want. You know what normal podcasters say. Uh, With that being said, I will see you guys next week.